Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rising Stars podcast. Today I am with Jackie Yamada um, from our Japan headquarters. He is our assistant manager of new products. So, Jackie, welcome to the podcast.、Um, yep. Like I said, you're coming to us all the way from Japan, where the Star、yep. headquarters is based. Can you tell me more about your background at Star and what you're currently doing today? Yep, absolutely. So, thank you for having me, Brianna. So, I'm very excited to join the Rising Star podcast. So, you know, I am an assistant manager of new product management and development at Star Microns Japan headquarters.、Mm-hmm. And my work, my job is like, you know, every day I am thinking about, you know, our future product and solutions and strategy. So, let me share my history at Star Microns、uh, very quickly. So, I joined Star 12 years ago. And at first, I was in charge of the sales department of small component division、uh, like John Levy. And such as you know, the micro speaker are for automotive, automotive companies and cell phone manufacturer. And nine years ago, you know, I moved to the POS printer division, which is our current division today. And then I experienced the domestic sales and global product, product development team at headquarters. And then, as you know,、uh, three years ago, I joined the Star Microns America as a customer solutions engineer in the marketing team and、mm-hmm. the product team. And it, it was amazing. You know, experience amazing time for me and my family. And recently, a few, a few months ago, I came back to Japan、uh, from the US and now I'm working at the headquarters in Japan again. So, my biggest work at the store was, you know, as you know, I created the M Collection Blunt concept. So, M Collection、uh, is the leading M Post peripheral blunt, which has M Pop and MC Print Printer and other peripherals as a core product. And fortunately, So, we have a lot of users who use the M Collection Blunt product in the world today. So, I'm very happy. And, you know, and now I'm working on the next new concept product. And the core of my activity is bringing the physical concept sample to our customers and get their feedback. And based on their feedback, we will be able to improve our concept again and launch it. That is my job today. Okay. Wow. It sounds like you've had a lot of different responsibilities and roles at s t a r Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Are obviously such a big contribution to where we are today.、Um, yes. Uh, yes. Uh, and I really miss the American life. You know, <laughs> I want to go there again in, in the、course. near future. We miss、yep. you too. Yep.、Um, so, I mean, obviously, there's been so much、um, change in the world the last couple of years, kind of、mm-hmm. why you guys ended up going to, back to Japan、um, when you did. So,、mm-hmm. One of the markets that were most heavily affected were restaurants. So tell、yes. me about what the restaurant market looks like today in Japan. Sure. So,、uh, in terms of the restaurant industry situation in Japan, so、uh, since I have been in the US a few months ago,、uh, I can compare the situation. You know, the, I think there are some、uh, same things, same trends, and different things compared to the US situation. So, first of all, take, talking about the same trend. Of course, the restaurant industry in Japan was affected a lot by the pandemic, like you know, lockdown by government order and a stop dying experience, and putting the shield barrier in the middle of the table, and hand sanitizer is everywhere.、Mm-hmm. And、uh, you, know, the, the, you know, the key point is that the food delivery is growing rapidly. And in addition, you know, the QSL restaurant, big chain restaurant food are good at the takeaway meal, like McDonald's are doing well. I, I think you guys have the same situation in the US, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. And on the other hand, you know, the different thing is, you know, that I think、uh, the different thing is the flexibility of the restaurant operation. So, for example, you know, from my experience, 
the out, outdoor dining experience is everywhere except for the winter season in the US. You know, mm-hmm. during the pandemic, the restaurants were utilizing the outside space, such as the parking area, to set the temporary outdoor dining space, right? So I, I do remember uh, when I was in the, in the US that my wife and the kids really like IHOP, you know, mm-hmm. IHOP. <laughs> and then, you know, they were really sad because we're missing the dining experience at IHOP. However, you know, I do remember I hope they set up the tables in the parking space immediately once the pandemic coming. So it was so impressive. But in Japan, you know, it's almost impo- impossible because, you know, we have small land, you know, I mean, the limited spaces and we have a lot of small stores. So, you know, and it's better than the past, but still cash is majority in Japan. And, you know, in the Japanese izakaya, it's kind of the bar in, in the U.S., so the consumers order food several times individually instead of, you know, the order at one time at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So meaning that, you know, we have many contacts still. So I mean, very, uh, we are very far from the contact less experience. So in Japan, you know, they have not been able to change the population quickly, but I think slowly uh, changes are happening. So in summary, in my feeling, you know, I, I think the Japanese restaurant are still in the very difficult situation than the US. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, since the percentage of the people who got the vaccine it is still quite low. I, I guess it's less than 5% still. And, uh, you know, I also guess that the restaurant in Japan who do not have the good finance situation will be maybe bankrupt. So, mm-hmm. you know, today we are in the fourth wave of COVID-19 now okay. in Japan. So we'll continue to be facing difficulty. Yeah, that's that's really hard to hear. Um, so are a lot of the restaurants in Japan still closed up or are they open for limited capacity dining? Correct, correct. Of course, okay. it depends on the area. So, you know, mm-hmm. especially for the big city like Tokyo or Osaka, they are facing the really difficult situation. So they have to stop their, you know, operation uh, this time. Yeah, yep. yeah, that's, that's tough. Um, Well, I mean, some of the restaurants in the U.S. have, you know, they have faced similar situations, but a lot of them have kind of coped with the having to close the dine-in portion of their restaurant through online ordering. So Mm -hmm. online ordering really took off. It was a huge trend before the pandemic, and now it's even bigger. So do you see this trend um, also growing in the rest of the world as well? Yes, yes, it's a good question. And it's a good timing to talk about this question because, you know, I just had a meeting with our sales companies in each region last month. You know, mm-hmm. they are coming from US. No, so of course we had a Zoom meeting instead of the physical meeting, but uh, yeah. they are coming from the US, you guys, you know, SMA, and mm-hmm. from Europe, Southeast Asia, China, Hong Kong, and Japan. And they all said, like, you know, the food delivery is growing rapidly. So, mm-hmm. of course, some differences in each region. But, you know, I, I can't say it's differently the global trend and the pandemic. And, you know, the, because of uh, we have food delivery customers globally, so we could see the trend of each region. So I think the U.S. and the China are the most leading area. Other okay. regions such as Europe and Asia have also the growing trend. And the interesting thing is that, you know, I have never seen the global trend of our industry is completely same at the same time. So mm-hmm. that's why I could understand easily how food delivery impacted all persons who live in the hospitality industry. And in addition, you know, 
I could see some trends such as ghost kitchen and the meal kit delivery. I mean the pre-cooked food delivery and the KDS kitchen display system and the self-ordering kiosk and QR code ordering, etc. So uh, that's interesting thing. And back to the food delivery thing. So, you know, I want to touch this thing, you know, in each region, you know, many players have been joined into this world, food delivery world. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, each vendor have their own strengths, strategy, meaning that, you know, uh, you know, for them, you know, who is their first priority? So let's say vendor A is focusing on the customer, consumer, I mean, and mm -hmm. the vendor B, their first priority is maybe restaurant, and the vendor C is maybe driver focus. So of course, ideally, they want to achieve all of things at the same time, but maybe, you know, in my feeling, there is a different different strategy for each. And I have, a, I have one, you know, story and, as an example. So I went to the local restaurant uh, who just started using third-party food delivery system. And I asked them, like, you know, do you prefer this system, the food delivery system? And they said, like, you know, yes, but uh, I said, like, you know, but what? Maybe you like this service, but you don't want to pay additional fee for them. And mm -hmm. they said, like, you know, we like this system because they bring some orders up to us, but you know, we are scared of delivery orders when it's coming now. Okay. And I said, what do you mean? What, why do you scare of them? You know? <laughs> and then after talking with them, I finally, I understood their concern. So the reason why they are scared of is sometimes the driver makes a complaint to the restaurant due to the waiting time. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and then, you know, therefore they prefer this, they prefer this system, but they are really scared. You know, I got an important comment from them. You know, they said like, you know, we always appreciate for everyone, like drivers, but we should have win-win relationship. I'm so impressed, you know, the wording, win-win relationship. Mm -hmm. I think that's the key word. And, you know, after that, you know, I suggest, of course, we are the printer manufacturer. You know, I suggested for them to use the printer to check the order items to avoid mistake, you know, because they did not purchase the seven or 10 inch big, big screen tablet you know, right. uh, to, set, to save the money. And they are using their own private smart home, which has a small five-inch screen. And uh, in that case, you know, sometimes they do not scroll down to the bottom of all order items on, you know, the small screen. And then they miss some food items that makes mistakes and clash between the restaurant and drivers. And after installing the printer, uh, the good thing is they got better experience. And what I learned from this comment is that, you know, we, we should bring some solution to avoid any clash between those players. Then the key point is, you know, these services will be truly sustainable ecosystem, I think. And, and you know, then talking about the relationship, I think the relationship is really, really, really important point. Mm -hmm. And it's also, you know, important between the restaurant and the consumer. However, you know, in the online ordering, it is not so easy to create it by just providing the food via a driver, right? Mm -hmm. So Brianna, if you are the customer of the food delivery services, you just got the food from the driver and then open the bag and eat food, that's it, right? So you don't have any physical experience in that world. So, you know, it, it all relates to the UX, customer experience, but no chance to talk or give them some physical experience. So. You know, I know sometimes the restaurant put a handwriting letter in, in the back mm -hmm. to make fans, 
but I'm not sure whether it makes them repeaters. So the restaurant today also thinking about the marketing things, but it's also a tough thing. And in the case of food delivery, you know, the margin, you have a huge, if you are the restaurant owner and you have a huge advertisement opportunity, like, you know, let's say TV show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fortunately you got the maybe 1,000 fans, libidas, but if those 1,000 fans are, uh, you know, the 20 miles far from your restaurant, it's almost no meaning, right? Because, right. <laughs> you know, in, in the case of Amazon and you sell the goods, not the food, it's fine. Even if your customer is located 20 miles far, right? You just send your goods to them, mm-hmm. beer, you know, FedEx or whatever. And, but in the case of food delivery, we should think about the marketing and the advertisement, which targets for the people who live in nearby. So it's going to be a very tough thing. And uh, I am always thinking about how we can add something great to promote in the back, but still learning, to be honest. And so, you know, my observation today is I think there are some challenges in the food delivery experience too, versus uh, dining experience. Yeah, that's such interesting insight. I, of course, as a marketer, I am always thinking about, you know, mm-hmm. how you can better reach your audience. But yes, I, I hadn't really thought about that disconnect between the restaurant and the actual consumers when they're using right. ordering systems, especially mm-hmm. because a lot of the online ordering systems that are popularly being used have a driver that doesn't even work for the restaurant. So right. there, there's really a, a major lack of connection and um, a difficult way to maintain that customer retention and loyalty. So that's yeah, that's true. an interesting point. Yep. Um, I do want to revisit something that you talked about earlier and that was another mm-hmm. um, trend that you're seeing in the restaurant space and that mm-hmm. was ghost kitchens. Tell yep. me, what what is a ghost kitchen and where do you see that trending? So the ghost kitchen is like, you know, we call it uh, the ghost kitchen or, uh, you know, the cloud kitchens or whatever. But, you know, especially in the U.S. So I have been seeing that trend and the ghost kitchen is a restaurant, but they do not have dining dining experience. So they just focus on the, you know, the food delivery thing. You know, they have the kitchen uh, equipment and they have, uh, you know, the real estate things. But, and, the, you know, imagine uh, in one building, they have a several restaurant blend, maybe mm-hmm. three or five or seven, whatever. And mm-hmm. then, so usually the one restaurant have one chef or two chefs only. And then they just focus on the cooking. And then they got the food orders via the third party food delivery application or their own system. And then they just cook and then bring it to the customer. So that's it. So, I mean, you know, the important thing is that, you know, they do not need to spend much money before they start the restaurant business. So it's really simple business model. Okay. Interesting. I actually have seen a couple of ghost kitchens um, Mm -hmm. in my area. I'm I'm really curious. Oh, yeah. Continues to trend. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
So we've talked a lot about online ordering. And of course, I don't think that online ordering is ever going to go away or slow down. But mm-hmm. people are definitely eager to get back into restaurants for mm-hmm. dine-in experience with their friends and family. So what do you think that that's going to look like following the pandemic? We hear some people saying that, you know, eating out is going to slow down in general because it's so easy mm-hmm. to just order food and have it delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, or do you think there will need to be new technology involved to make that dining mm-hmm. experience more, uh, mm-hmm. you know, more appealing to the diners? Yeah, great question. So I think they have no choice but to adapt new technologies, unless that the restaurant has a lot of repeaters fans locally. You know, my thought is that, you know, the pandemic accelerated the food delivery service expanding. As a result, as you said, you know, some percentage of the customers shifted to this experience out of all customers in the restaurant industry. So I think that after the pandemic settled down, the dining experience demand will come back. But uh, as you said, you know, the food delivery demand never dies. So there are basically two cases I observed. So the restaurant food could not catch the demand of delivery. So they have to save the operation because such a labor costs more and more. Mm-hmm. or the restaurant that got success on the delivery. So they need to support both operations for delivery and dining experience. Oh, of course, as you mentioned, the, the ghost kitchen, it's a new business model, new business style. They do not need to care about the both experience. But I think the most of restaurants want to have a both experience, right? So I, I think it's how to cover these situations by using the existing legacy system. In addition, new meals coming up like, you know, the contactless and the people are already familiar to use their smartphone to place orders. So I, I believe, you know, changes are unavoidable. So I would say that it is important how fast to catch up with the new normal for the restaurant and optimize it. So not back to the normal. Yeah, right. I think especially what you mentioned about ordering or viewing the menu on the phone, I think that's mm-hmm. definitely going to be the new normal. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right. Well, we're just going to take a really quick break um, to talk about the Star Micronics uh, TSP 654 SK printer. Okay. So it's time to rethink your label printing with the Star Micronics TSP 654 SK. This thermal sticky paper printer is designed to work with liner-free labeling applications. The labels it produces are repositionable and can easily be removed and reapplied with no residue left behind. Liner-free labels are ideal for restaurant kitchens and takeout preparation as they can improve order accuracy by a whopping 99%. An added bonus, the printer features a taken sensor, enabling it to hold print jobs until the first print job is taken. Say goodbye to missed or inaccurate orders. Create sticky customers with the TSP 654 SK Sticky Printer. Learn more today at StarMicronics.com. All right, Jackie, so I want to shift gears a little bit. We've talked a lot about the actual restaurants and, you Mm -hmm. know, the experience that they're providing to their diners. And obviously, it's our responsibility as a point of sale vendor um, to kind of assist them with those solutions. So Mm -hmm. what do you think that vendors like us and ISVs can do to provide a a better dine-in experience? Yes. So, well... You know, in terms of dining experience, I think the important point is how to provide customer satisfaction. You know, I mean, the fun experience, so user experience. So maybe I can say it's kind of the entertainment things. Uh, On the other hand, you know, thinking about the in-store operation, 
because you know we are the POS hardware and software solution manufacturer. So I, I am always thinking about the store operation. So I, and I suggest at the same time we should think about all things, meaning that you know dining experience, you know delivery uh, things, takeaway orders, you know reservation, hospitality, uh, maybe the food quality, serving payment, you know the human resource management and CRM, blah blah blah. And I think, you know, today, you know, there are a lot of things, right? But there are a lot of great services. And, you know, it is possible to combine those all services, for example, by using APIs. So, but the key point is how to utilize those services as one solution, not the one by one individual solution. So please imagine your restaurant manages both dining and delivery customers. And let's say, you know, me, myself as a customer, so maybe, you know, let's say this week I order food via delivery application and next week I go to the physical restaurant and order from the table. So that's the same customer. It's me. Right. But it's not so easy to manage me as a one same customer on the system, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really a critical thing. So maybe you might be missing important facts for making your strategy if you cannot analyze this type of fact. But on the other hand, if you know this fact, and maybe you could say to me when I go there, you know, hey, Jackie, so thank you for coming and thank you for ordering the last week via delivery application. So maybe you had a party with your friend and how was the food, mm-hmm. something like that. And that, that small conversation makes me a little bit happy and more stick to your restaurant. So, I, I mean, this is a kind of, you know, the one of the great hospitality thing for me. And, you know, I think the hardware, uh, uh, I can say the same thing, you know, as well. So imagine, you know, using the hardware that can be connected to various services is much simpler than preparing 10 or more devices that only connect one service one by one, right? So, or, you know, I think the hardware should be more have functional, functional, functionality or, uh, you know, the common trigger interface for all services and how can, you know, how can our device connect to various services locally or via the cloud easily and seamlessly? So that's my point. And I'm thinking about how Star Solution can be that position and how we can contribute to the lesson. So that's my thought. Yep. Yeah, you you bring up a really great point about, you know, the disconnect again between the mm-hmm. online ordering versus dine-in. Like you yep. said, order online through a delivery service from that restaurant one day and go in the following day and dine in and they have no idea that you were yesterday's customer. Um, So there's definitely a need for the online ordering systems to be better integrated with the point of sale or their loyalty. And it makes me think of the word omni-channel, which is so commonly used in Mm -hmm. Everyone Mm -hmm. talks about how you need a good omni-channel solution or strategy for retail, but it's not really talked about in the restaurant space. Everyone kind mm-hmm. of looks at the, you know, dine-in and online ordering experience really separately. And mm-hmm. I, like you said, to give customers the full experience that they want, they need to come together. Um, That's true. Yep. So what other solutions do you think are needed to kind of do that? So first of all, you know, the... Today, there are a lot of great services and there are a lot of web APIs. So let's say, so I think we do not need to think about just one solution provided by only us. So we should work together with our partners, you know, 
the maybe I can say, you know, star is really good at this area. So mm-hmm. like, you know, of course the printer and some other hardware things, and we could make the SDK or some APIs as well. And then we bring it to the, our customers like ISBs. And then ISBs combine our solutions and then they make it, you know, the more, you know, uh, flexible and more valuable. So that's my strategy. That's my thought. So I, it is not so easy to say uh, what is the right solution mm-hmm. uh, today, but I believe the working together with our partner is the better way to find out the new normal. Agreed, 100%. Yep. So we talked about some of the other trends, um, like the QR menus where you mm-hmm. on your phone or mm-hmm. self-ordering kiosks and more like QSR locations. What other trends are you predicting um, are going to arise in restaurants that we haven't seen yet? Yes, I have already seen this trend, but the QSL menu and it was, I guess the self-service kiosk uh, mm-hmm. is the difference with the trend. But I think, you know, it's a trend, especially for the big chain restaurant. And, uh, you know, because in the US, I have been seeing the self-service kiosks in many places, even before pandemic. So that's the fact. And mm-hmm. I think that means the pandemic accelerated the tre- that trend. But the, the fact is, you know, it, it was fundamental demand of the restaurant, especially in the big chain, you know, the QSL restaurant. You know, my point is that, you know, I am always thinking about how we can bring solutions uh, that are already well accepted in the big chain restaurant world to SMBs with some modification and uh, adjustment. For example, you know, the table order and the payment automation, you know. So as you mentioned, uh, like you said, you know, the QR code ordering at the table mm-hmm. is getting familiar. Uh, in the you know the world but you know the imagine the, the big chain restaurant uh, might be able to install the dedicated ordering terminal on each table but it, it's really expensive right <laughs> so for smb restaurant it's really tough to adapt that technology for all their stores and the all tables so i mean my point is how can we make solutions for smb how can we uh, you know the modify that solution to fit the SMB world. And mm-hmm. this type of things is a big challenge. And, you know, again, it, it's impossible to do so by only our, by only star. So, you know, again, we should go with the partner. You know, my wish and my goal is, you know, uh, I am hoping the future with any type, any size of the restaurant can get those benefits. I agree. Yeah, it is. You know, you obviously see the bigger chain restaurants, especially in the U.S., um, Mm -hmm. quickly adapting to all of the regulations, whether it be, you know, limited capacity online or ordering on your phone, things like that. But it is harder for the smaller restaurants to adapt. Yes, Uh, that's my point. Yep. Yeah. So with all that said, what do you think is the future of restaurant solutions? Where do you see, mm-hmm. you know, the standard restaurant going in five, 10 years? Mm-hmm. So again, in my understanding, due to the COVID-19, you know, the challenges of the restaurant that we are having a long time have surfaced clearly. So that's the great thing, I think, you know, like labor cost or labor resources and length fee. And now we can call it opportunities instead of the problem. So, or we can call it the chance to change. So, 
I'm sure nobody knows the right answer today, but I can see that the solutions in the restaurant industry are leading the digital transformation and the, you know, the physical experience demand never ends. So I believe that this industry will lead the technology trend and by having try and error, I mean improving, so we will be able to find a new normal that realize more fun world. So, you know, uh, lastly, I really would like to join this opportunity together by showing our new solution ideas and showing the, our new concept sample. Mm -hmm. So that's my work. So let's work together. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Is there anything yep. you can share with us about that today? I'm good. I'm good. But the one thing for the restaurant market, for my message is that, you know, I really love the restaurant experience. So I love drinking. I love eating. I love talking with someone. You know, yeah. my family, my kids also. So, you know, that make experience makes us uh, happy every time. You know, I'm still learning the, what new normal should be. So let's work together and please give us your real voice and feedback at any time. That's my message. Absolutely. Well, Jackie, thank you so much for all of your insight. I felt like I learned so much about some of the gaps that are currently existing in the restaurant solutions and kind of what we need to do moving forward to solve that. And like you said, working together will, will help that. Um, so thank you again. If you, anyone wants to connect with Jackie further, you can find him on LinkedIn. For Star Migronic, you can follow us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like today's episode, please subscribe and like this um, episode. We really appreciate the feedback so that we can keep delivering the topics that you guys want to hear. Thank you so much.